Welcome to part two of the Corporate Explorer series brought to you by Wazuku. Wazuku helps large organizations create effective, sustainable innovation ecosystems that accelerate efficiency gains and new value growth. It does this through intelligent enterprise software that connects and harnesses the power of employees, suppliers, startups, universities, and the unique Wazoku crowd of 700,000 plus global problem solvers. You can find Wazoku at wazoku.com. Welcome to part two and the creator of this book, the originator of this book, the Corporate Explorer field book, the guy I called the Corporate Sherpa, Andy Bins, welcome to the show. Hey, Aiden, thank you very much for the invitation. I'm delighted to be here with you. Thanks for focusing on our book uh, in this series. I'm really delighted that uh, that you do that. Ah, it's brilliant, man. And over my shoulder there, I have the red copy, and you can see it behind Andy as well. The red copy is the kind of the, the, the academic version, and then this is like, okay, what do I do with this? This is the playbook, really. So that both goes so, so well together. So, Andy, I, I thought we'd start by telling our audience, we started with, Mike Tushman, your friend and colleague. But I wanted to focus today on the origins of this book, why this book. And you talked about this fateful moment, a conference in May 2022 with your friends and collaborators over at Bosch. Yeah, that's right. So so Bosch um, uh, have over many years tried to solve this problem of how to take very smart engineers who are developing great technology solutions and get them to think about whether the world actually needs what they are creating, right? And what problem do they do they solve uh, with their innovation? And they've they've built that up into a into a consulting practice, and now uh, they they run these conferences called Corporate Fusion. And I was sitting there on stage and uh, in, in a rather hot and sweaty Stuttgart uh, in twenty twenty two, and w they had bought everybody a copy of of the Red Book, which is uh, very kind of them. Uh, and uh, they'd asked me to speak and I spoke, but then I was chairing a panel and I was uh, chairing a panel with uh, my friend, uh, Martin Cotter from Analog Devices, a fine Irishman, uh, and and uh, uh, Ellie Amanazir uh, from Man and & Hummel. Uh, and, and I realized these guys know so much more than I do about this whole corporate explorer story. And there's a conceit in the world of academia or management consulting or innovation gurus that imagines that we know something they don't. This is not the case. It's not that we don't have some value to add. You know, I, I don't want to encourage, you know, sudden cancellations of contracts or anything like that. But it's just that the reality is it's like an ecosystem. It's both sides. It's a multi-sided thing. And so, you know, I'm, 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 I'm very proud of, of the, of the Red Book Corporate Explorer, but I just knew the story wasn't um, uh, full unless I also brought forward the story of how people do this practically. What, what, what's really going on inside corporations that makes uh, corporate exploration possible? And that's what the Black Book's all about. It's a field book, practitioners, what they actually do. The Corporate Explorer field book follows a similar structure to the red one, the, the previous one, where you and your colleague, Eugene Ivanov, created three main sections. I'd love you to tell us about these strategic ambition, innovation disciplines, and explore organization and leadership, what they are, because this will help us as we go through and navigate the book with this series. One of the things that we're trying to do in this whole 
area of corporate exploration is to just widen people's aperture a little bit, right, as to what's really going on. Um, because there's become a, a narrowness around innovation methods and tools and, and methodologies and practices and so on. And really, it's a much bigger story um, that you need to be thinking about if you're going to be successful. And when we look at those firms that do this really well. Um, and so what we've done is we said, firstly, there's this broader strategic story, and we call that the strategic ambition. And that's a little bit to do with well, what do you want to achieve? What do you want to be famous for? It's then about where do you go and find opportunities to, to explore and create a license or an invitation to your corporate explorers to get them started, right? So that they feel authorized um, to go and do the work uh, of developing, you know, in new innovative concepts. So that's the first section. The second one is the three innovation disciplines, ideation, incubation, and scaling. And these are the more methodological areas. We talk a lot about ideation and, and Wazuku is, is very powerful in that, in that domain of open innovation, uh, uh, in particular. Um, but ideation only takes you so far. You need to incubate those ideas, test them, prove them, and then vitally you need to scale. And this is the area where so many corporates give up or don't really have a practice, partly because we've, too, um, uh, we follow uh, startups too much and the startup approach to scaling is sell it to a corporate, right? So it, it's, it's not really that. So uh, idea incubate scale. And then, you know, innovation's fine, but what about the fact that you're doing this in a large organization and you've got to manage change essentially. And so we, we, we split this into to two pieces in the red book and the black book. It's, it's just one is, is firstly organization. How do you think about setting up, um, uh, an innovation unit? So we have a chapter from Mike uh, Tushman and Charles O'Reilly on the ambidextrous organization. Great. But then we've got, we're going to drop down to many levels more detail and say, practically, how do you set up the innovation unit? How do you staff it? Uh, what kinds of skills and people do you need? What kinds of structures? What kinds of decision rights with the mothership? I mean, this is really practical stuff. And then this question of leadership is um, a lot to do with corporate explorers. You know, we, we can, in organizations, it's very easy to code ourselves as victims of those who are you know, subject to the great bureaucracy and the risk aversion and all these kinds of things, which are true and real. I'm not, I'm not dismissing them. But it turns out that corporate explorers are those people who overcome. They're facing exactly the same things and they overcome them. And so we've got some chapters here looking at, at how that happens. What are the sort of leadership practices, activities and some tools described? How do you think about engaging with a senior team to try to influence them? How do you try to build allies around you? Uh, so it's 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 sort of on that change dimension. So the idea is in these in these three sections, um, you've got a kind of a complete um, um, uh, sort of recipe really for moving ahead with your corporate exploration. And and I, I really hope Aiden that we'll get to do a second edition because you know I, it's what four or five months since the book published. And I, I, there's so many other chapters I want to include because there's a lot to this practice. You know, it's not a, it's not the end word on on this, but I think it's a really valuable resource across all these different aspects. One of the inspirations, Andy, I've never told you this, was behind me doing the show in the first place. I'm doing it now, nearly eight years. Have never missed a week. 
done more than one episode a week. And one of the reasons is because I was head of innovation in a, an incumbent, a dinosaur type organization. But also what I realized was when I failed ultimately in that role is that I didn't have the tools to succeed. I, even if I had succeeded, I wouldn't have known what that looked like. And I would have known how to pave the environment in order to give myself every chance of success. And that's one of the reasons I do this. And this book is so important for those people because they'll find themselves in that role. And then from an organizational perspective, I often think of when an organization has a budget at the end of the year and they try to spend that budget so they make sure they have it the next year. It's kind of like digging a hole just to fill it back in again to keep yourself busy. And organizations do that with innovation. We call that innovation theater, as you know. And what I love about this book is that it it navigates you through that. It gives you a playbook how to do that. It's like snakes and ladders, how to avoid the snakes and get to the ladders. And that's exactly the way to approach it. And I say all that to say, one of the most important things is in chapter one, which is going to be our focus for this episode, you co-authored with Andreas Brandstetter. I hope I haven't butchered his name. But this is about the organization getting behind a corporate statement and bringing it into something more important than a corporate statement, not just words that go on a desk or maybe hang on a wall somewhere, but actually what you call a strategic manifesto, an alignment document that helps communicate the ambition to the entire organization and to the innovator as well. Maybe you'll bring us through this at a high level what it is, and then we'll dig into some of the ingredients to create this manifesto. This manifesto idea Candidly, something we've been doing change logic for for a, a number of years, and and it kind of re reflects two experiences that 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 I've had, and I I think you will recognise one of them is, um, you know, strategy plans that are very detailed and very in depth, but nobody really knows what they, the so what is. What are you supposed to do with it as a consequence? Like, what what actually does it mean? And then the second one, maybe less well uh, understood by others, is that when I sit with client CEOs, they are more likely to say to me, I can't find the people with the ideas to go and lead innovation in my firm. It's not that I'm not willing to back it or commit resources to it. I simply don't know how to get them started. Like, who are they who is going to get this started? Uh, and and th this notion of a, a of writing a, a manifesto it's it's deliberately using a a political word right not because you know you need to use that when you use it in an organization but it's just to get people's attention to this is not a an in-depth strategy deck this is a statement of belief which should be fact based but it's a statement of belief a point of view about how you're going to win in the market the strategy documents, as you say, are essential, but they're like kind of like the the deep analytical document and behind it, you want the executive summary, but the executive summary is more than a summary of what's in the document. It's a, it's a call to action as well. And maybe we'll share why the strategy document fails so much in organizations. Yeah, I think it fails because it's actually solving a different problem, right? Uh, it's it's a, the, the strategy documents uh, in organizations are usually there to uh, legitimize actions that managers want to take or have already taken, right? 
and uh, and also to um, to justify the budget that they want to receive for the following year. Right? Uh, and those are reasonable and understanding uh, understandable uh, uh, purposes. What a manifesto does is it lays out the rationale for the overall strategy. What what what's going on in the world that we want to pay attention to? Okay, we all know about sustainability and artificial intelligence and maybe um, uh, patient-centric care in healthcare, whatever the, the big megatrends might be. But what do they mean for us specifically? What's the implication to our business that we need to pay attention to and that, that we're, we're concerned with? And then why do we believe that we're going to, to win, not in a corporate-speak um, kind of way, but in a plain language, what is the strategic advantage that we're going to have in the market? Uh, and then, um, you know, what 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 do we think? Where do we think those areas of opportunity might be where we can dis deploy that strategic advantage? I love the example of um, Ajay Banger at Mastercard that we've talked about before, right? And he says, "Wage a war on cash." Right? He's got this big ambition, and what that does is it opens up the strategic uh, positioning of the firm away from just being about credit card transaction processing to digital payments, right? And then that invites people to say, okay, how could we realize an ambition to be in digital payments? And, and this is what a manifesto does. It provides the kind of logic behind statements like that and then invites people to, um, uh, to engage and come up with ideas and ways in which both existing incremental strategies can fulfill that, but also exploratory ones, uh, areas where corporate explorers tend to play. So the, the the approach that we find works is five steps. And 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 think about this really as you're running a business unit, You maybe you're the CEO, maybe you're the head of strategy, maybe you're the head of innovation that's tasked with trying to bring alignment uh, with a group of executives around what it is that um, you want to do for this this manifesto and and you start uh, by really having a clear point of view right so the document needs to be in service of what you believe is that that clear advantage that clear area of opportunity um, that the business has uh, uh, ahead of it not a sort of uh, amalgam of lots of different points of view and kind of hodgepodge together in a, a in a burble of, of corporate speak, but a really clear singular point of view. Then you need to uh, assemble your your facts behind this because although I say it's not a strategy plan, it's a it's a short document, it needs to be driven uh, all the same by some evidence um, and sort of an understanding of why it is that you believe there's a, a, a point a, a market. Uh, uh, opportunity to to pursue. So once you've got all of that, those two things set up, you you go and you create a first draft. Now, the 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 difficulty that I find that many people get into is not getting started. It's like not writing that first draft, right? But actually, anybody who's written something, you've written um, uh, books as well, is is you know writing really begins at revision, right? Uh, and and the most important thing is to just get a draft out there. What do you think? What facts do you have? You know, three to five pages. Maybe it's two and a half thousand. Maybe it's three thousand words. But it's not ten thousand, right? It's it's much shorter than that. And 
that then um, you've got the opportunity to to then engage the fourth step, engage with disagreement. You find out what it is that um, the executives are, are, are having challenges with, um, where it is that there's areas for agreement, and where are issues to resolve. Right? And and then in the book we talk about how do you work with disagreement, right? Because that's a, a, a critical thing uh, that you're going to need to do to get through this. And you work iteratively through the document until finally um, you you have a, a draft. But then you've got to think about how to adapt this to different audiences. Right? One of the biggest difficulties that senior teams get into is they are they from the beginning they think about writing a manifesto for the whole organization. Just write it for yourself, folks. Just agree amongst yourselves what it is you think. And then the fifth step, adapt it for different audiences. Make it shorter, perhaps, uh, for all employees. Maybe it might be slightly longer in places um, for the next layer of management who might be pushing for uh, different uh, pieces of evidence. But start by getting some alignment in the team as to what it is that you think. Right? Now, the, the question that everybody has at this stage, uh, uh, Aidan, I'm going to ask it for you before you can get in there, is, um, is well, what if you're not the CEO? Right? What is it? What, what do you do if you've got a senior team who aren't interested in clarifying their strategy? And, and one of the benefits of this chapter is I wrote it with a CEO right? uh, and, and a CEO who's also uh, the president of the uh, European Insurance uh, Association, right? So he's a, a senior insurance industry figure in Europe. And 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 Andreas um, uh, that really dictated this section for me. What what would he expect an employee to do who has a strong point of view about the strategy? You can tell, you can listen to them and see what they want, but they're not making it clear enough. And and what we've got is then this step-by-step approach of what we call the influencer approach to writing the strategy. And and there are some real tactics that you can use to get started. And, and, and the key thing is that you've got to try to pull a coalition around this. You can't do it all on your own, right? Um, uh, and so maybe you need the sort of uh, the outside-in perspective first step um, so you can get some evidence from the outside world that uh, is going to get attention in the organization. Secondly, use any gatherings of employees or managers, executive education. Um, I've done this myself um, with um, uh, induction, executive induction, when uh, a company brings in a group of new executives to try to change the corporation. I've actually used those people uh, as agents to then build the manifesto. Um, and and or, or you create uh, uh, an interest group. You just start inviting people every month to a discussion group on future exploration strategy and build a coalition uh, that way. And then you draft your own manifesto. You say, what is this group of people? What, what, not what do they think the company should be doing, but what do they think? What do they hear? What do they think the, um, the strategy is right now? And yeah, add a little bit of context and, and color and sharpness to it. And then cultivate a relationship with a sponsor. Maybe it's the CEO. Um, uh, my own view is the CEOs get a bad rap in this world. They're much more open to change and transformation. It's a, it's a really lonely position with very few friends and allies. Uh, but, but maybe it's not them. Maybe it's a chief strategy officer. Maybe it's even the chief financial officer. Uh, I've met several of those who are really uh, uh, passionate advocates of innovation, but find that they haven't got anybody who can articulate a point of view about what to do. So 
this is this manifesto it, it can be top down from the ceo but it can also be i don't know about bottom up but it can certainly be middle up right um uh, and it can be a group of motivated articulate managers who really want to be able to shape a clarity of a point of view about why innovation is important beautiful beautiful what a, a brilliant accompaniment this series I'm, I'm loving this for the book and then for the red book as well it will really help people and to to drive that knowledge even further for people i, I highly recommend the book because of the case study also there's case studies throughout the book including that case study with andreas the co-author of this chapter with andy so unica is the business that he is the ceo of and ran and used the manifesto technique to drive change in there andy for people who are interested in getting in touch with you find out more about your work where's the best place to find you uh find me at uh, changelogic.com uh info at changelogic.com uh changelogic one word uh, or follow me on LinkedIn uh, and go to thecorporateexplorer.com uh, to learn about the books. Author of The Corporate Explorer and The Corporate Explorer Fieldbook, Andy Bins, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Abe. That episode was brought to you by Wazuku. Wazuku helps large organizations create effective, sustainable innovation ecosystems that accelerate efficiency gains and new value growth. It does this through intelligent enterprise software that connects and harnesses the power of employees, suppliers, startups, universities, and a unique Wazuku crowd of 700,000 plus global problem solvers. You can find Wazuku, a B Corp, on wazuku.com.